Hey guys, welcome to the first Hillside Conversations podcast episode. This is um, going to be a segment in our podcast where we will be having conversations and listening into conversations with people around our and in our Hillside family. Uh, we will be discussing things around our culture and kingdom culture and being kingdom ambassadors as well as chatting to some people who are doing some amazing things in our community. My name is Luke. I will most likely be your host for the next couple of weeks. We'll see how it goes. And um, yeah, I don't want to keep you any longer. So let's get right into our first episode. This week, the core team chats about non-hierarchical leadership and what that looks like. Enjoy. About non-hierarchical leadership. Yeah. What is it? What is it? What is that about? Which means that Graham is going to start because this is how this is what non-hierarchical means. Graham, go for it. <laughs> what does it mean to you? What does it mean to us? There's two things that have immediately come to mind. Uh, the, the one was when the structure in the church was changing in terms of leadership and eldership and people were moving and people were going. One of the, the questions I was asking um, Holy Spirit about is what's happening? What's going on here? What's happening to this to the structure? I felt that the Holy Spirit say to me, you can't have a church that for 30 years has been praying for the ministry of all believers and then they want to revert all decisions regarding ministry and decisions to a small team because the two are never going to marry the two are never going to gel so there's a need to almost take away that leadership bottleneck so that they the entire body can rise up themselves unless there's a space for people to rise up into they're not going to rise up and the other picture which kind of the holy spirit gave me is that Non-hierarchical leadership is kind of like the riverbanks helping the river flow, but the river's flowing. And hierarchical leadership looks like the generator that's pumping to get the water flowing. So by having non-hierarchical leadership, you're creating space for people to rise up into who they are and called and gifted to be. They don't defer all their decisions. So old church thinking is, God's laid this on my heart, Richard, now you do it. And what we wanting to say is, if that's what God's laid on your heart, run with it. We'll blow wind in your sails and help you where we can. That's good. That's right. Yeah. yeah, because the reality is that is if we as a church are just limited to the stuff that, say, Richard has capacity or Richard and I have capacity before, then that's going to seriously limit what we can do as a yeah. church. Uh, I kind of feel for myself, I think I'm a pretty high capacity person, but really I don't have capacity to, particularly to lead, to be the spearhead in six different directions all no. at once. Um, and I do have the capacity to maybe lead one or two things and then kind of get alongside and then help and encourage somebody else. But and I think that's, that's great because people who have the vision for something need to lead in it and also someone who's got the anointing. When you see, you look at John Simmons and you say, yeah, this guy has an absolute anointing for healing. He's yeah. passionate. 
he does it, he does it all the time, he does it not on Sundays, he does it when he's out in the street, when he's at the supermarket. So therefore, this guy has the capacity to lead that. I'll come alongside him, but he is actually leading this thing, not me. I think also leadership is not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. Leadership isn't this monolithic idea that here is a leader. But, but there are many different kinds of leadership gifts. There are strategic leadership gifts. There are um, personal encouragement leadership gifts. There are prophetic discernment leadership gifts. There are financial management leadership gifts. And I think non-hierarchical leadership means that we want to release uh, all sorts of different kinds of leadership gifts to function in the area where they do best and to submit to them in those areas. So it's not like you have a bunch of people who are the leaders who must therefore oversee and control everything, but that you have people according to their gift who are leading us. And that's quite a wonderful diversity comes out of that. So so the core team, for example, is, is not necessarily a bunch of people who are good at leading everything. But it is a bunch of people who have, we trust, a strategic gift, who, who have been entrusted with strategic leadership in the life of the church. But then we have another team which is separate from, from the core team, which is the pastoral team, who are charged to give pastoral leadership to the church. And we have another team called the Encounter Team who will lead our meetings on a Sunday morning and their job is to be the people who, who lead us in that space there. So, so it really is a matter of having different leadership gifts emerging in different contexts. Yeah. Also, what, I, what I love about the non-hierarchical leadership <coughs> is that it is extremely empowering to the per- to just the everyday person in, in church and it's it, I think what it does is it destroys that divide between oh you're a leader you're not a leader because essentially you know we can it, we are the church and it really installs that it's like I am the church I am hillside we are hillside so Rather than waiting for some vision from an elder or someone in a in a leadership position, I can actually go after stuff, or you can go after stuff that that you have a heart for, that you're anointed for, that you're that you feel God is saying, and just go after it. That's what I love about the hierarchical leadership structure, and just the fruits that we're seeing from it are incredible. Non-hierarchical. Sorry, I'm saying hierarchical. <laughs> But it's the fruits that we are seeing from it are incredible. So, example, the pastoral team has has kind of been left to its own devices, if I can say that, if that's correct. Uh, who is leading the pastoral team? Roger. John. John. John and myself. Okay, so John and Roger, John Whitfield and Roger are kind of leading that, but it's just boomed on its own, and then you have. The worship guys, the worship team, there's no one necessarily overseeing it, but it's just a community of people that are come together and serving in, a, in that role on a Sunday to lead us in worship. And there's the healing team, that's not 
you know, it's, and there we go. It's again, over and over again, you can do your own, own thing. What would you like to say about that, Rich? In the past, we, we, had, we used the title of Elder, and it kind of came to mean if you had the badge called Elder, you could do pretty well what you liked, and if you didn't have the badge called Elder, you could do pretty well nothing. Yeah. And, and that kind of becomes unhelpful. We've got nothing against the title of Elder, we really don't, and, and maybe one day we will use it again. But we felt for a season it was a good title to set aside just to break that, that strong, that dichotomy, that division between those who could and those who had to ask permission. And just say, hey, we are a family together. We respect one another. We consult one another. We have different leadership gifts emerging. Um, but there's not this strong distinction between a small group of people and everyone else in the life mm, of the yeah. church. That's good. Yeah, the, the, the whole model is, is so limiting. So, so, so the image that I see sitting here right now is a, a parking lot with 500 um, red London buses parked there. But if there's only one driver or one team of drivers of five people, those are only five buses that will ever leave that that parking lot and that's what old leadership structure looks like it creates its own bottleneck we yeah what we're saying is here are all these buses all these opportunities available here are the keys yeah it's awesome yeah i think i think uh, uh, just as a as a nation or as a people um hierarchical structures are who we are you know, yeah. that's what we've learned along the way. And I think it's uh, something like non-hierarchical leadership is very foreign to us. Yeah. So when we don't see um, hierarchical structure in place, we will impose it because that's what we're comfortable it's with. It's default, yeah. It's what we go to. But um, just uh, the perception is that because we've, we've tried really hard to break down the hierarchical structure, the perception is that uh, there is no leadership. And uh, just as, a, as getting back to the whole pastoral team, the reality in the church is that we have impacted and we do actually pastor far more efficiently and far better than when we had the hierarchical structure in place. Because so as you were saying, Luke, that there's, there's more people empowered to, 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 work, to move in the giftings that they have. Yeah. So I, I think it's a, it's a process that we as a team will constantly push you know, to make sure that we break down the, the culture of who we are you know, or who we've been and, and get a different culture going. Maybe we can share with everyone what the actual role of this core team is for, for the people who don't know. Um, I think we may have, we, probably, we definitely have mentioned a couple of times in our service yeah. context in small groups, but maybe we can just share briefly about what our actual function is here. Who would like to go first? <laughs> I, think that, I think one of our primary functions is to carry the culture of the church and what does our culture look like and to, and to massage that into, into the greater community. And um, because we have something good, we have a culture that has been 
has been imparted to us over the years, but also that there's constant revelation of it. In a, in yeah. a, I think it's one of our primary functions. That's awesome. And I think another function is that we we kind of guard the vision and the mission of the church, mm. and we have this I kind of everybody here has the capacity not just to get on their own bandwagon about their own little pet thing but to look over the whole of the church and say, wow, where is there a gap? Where is something not working very well? I mean, for like a little while back we were just looking, youth wasn't working particularly well. And then to be able to brainstorm, to strategize, to say, is there something that we need to change here? Is there something we can put in place? Is there a person that needs raising up? Or what, what, how could we tackle this thing? Because there does need to be a sense of someone is who who is or a group of people who are looking over the whole who are not just on their own particular mission for the thing that they are passionate about but are kind of looking at the at the healthiness of the church as a whole and and making some strategic kind of thoughts and decisions and plans around that mm-hmm. so that we can make sure that there's a kind of a health across the whole church oh, yeah. Yeah. and it's valuing the the culture more than the to-do list. Yeah. The, the to-do list's there, but it can really bog you bog you down. Um, and the things need to get done. But I really see that this team is not sitting with a list of things that have to get done and allocating people to do them. We're valuing the culture, the vision, more than that, and trusting that within being custodians of that value and that vision, that which needs to get done will get done. And we have to nudge from time to time, we have to do things from time to time, but it's not getting caught up in the to-do list, it's rather valuing the heartbeat. Mm. And then I think the third area is is really just stewarding the resources of the church, the finances, Mm. and and the people as well, just a sense of deployment, without wanting to control structures and stuff just to how we can help uh, people position themselves in, in good places where they can really serve and contribute amazingly. So that, that would be the third. I, th- I think those are the three areas. It would be culture, it would be our mission as a church, and it would be uh, the management of our resources. Mm. And I think that an overarching thing over all of that is to know that this, this is a team, like right now, it's a team with great relational da- dynamics. We, we're very open and vulnerable with one another about like where we're at. We, we kind of are aiming to take care of one another. And we're also aiming to check that we are kind of really listening to God and, and seeking God for what's going on in the church. Like, like this morning, we spent most of our meeting just really like, praying over the church and especially like the finances at the moment saying God what are you saying to us what is actually going on here and, and feeling like we yeah, that, that we are quite prayerful and we're very intentionally trying to kind of allow God to speak into this group for, for what, what God wants to do in the church as a whole Hey guys thanks for joining in on this conversation I trust that you have found this encouraging and empowering I would like to ask you one favor. I'd like to ask that you either share, like, or comment on this episode. Let's get this out to as many people in our family as possible. 
and I look forward to seeing you or actually not seeing you but chatting to you next week have a wonderful day ciao